You're listening to Mike and Kristen. The podcast. I'm Mike, a musician, writer, and producer. And I'm Kristen, a painter, writer, and designer. Our show is all about following dreams, taking chances, and what life as an artist is really about. Together, we bring you weekly guest interviews and thought-provoking conversations. Let's go! Happy New Year, folks! It is 2023. Isn't that crazy? Whoever imagined the year 2023... Somebody in a movie that looked in the future must have. Well, people always pick like like 2020 was a year in the future, like 2050, but 2023 is just... Specific. We've surpassed the Back to the Future date, haven't we? I believe so. I can't recall off the top of my head what that year was, but we have, as the movie predicted, f- floating skateboards and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and fax machines in every room. <laughs> yeah. Life is grand here. Well, we're excited for this year and we're kicking things off pretty big. Yeah, we have a very, very special guest to kick off 2023, Mr. Matt Mays. I never go into our interviews with expectations because we want for things to feel organic. But there was something about Matt's interview that kind of took me by surprise. He's he's a special guy for sure. His this conversation was the first interview we've had that in real time, meaning while we were interviewing him, I was experiencing all of these self-reflections and shifts going on and of course I wanted to be as present and focused as possible, but it really had an impact on me. I yeah. I've thought about this conversation many, many times since. And you know how you just hear something from the right person or it's said the right way. And there was just a lot of things that he shared that clicked for me that felt really meaningful. Well, yeah, he's he's got a lot of charisma about him and he's yeah. just really open, which those two together just make you listen. His transparency meant everything. It just, I I felt like by the end of the interview that I really cared about him. Like, I I care about how his life goes and I I want him to do well and be okay and happy. And I mean, you feel that way, of course, about everyone who, who joins us in the studio and your friends and people you're connected with, but... I just really, yeah, it, this one really impacted me. Well, and obviously there's a lot of music chat between myself and him because we're in the same industry and he's someone I've always looked up to and he's had so much success. Just he's one of the one of the busiest artists in Canada, really. Like he's he has a loyal following, loyal fan base. and but But aside from the music, like we got into some pretty serious stuff here and I think this episode is really going to, be powerful and help a lot of people. Yeah, me too. He's he's earned his success. Oh yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I hope everyone enjoys it as much as we did. I I really think you will. And Matt, thank you for just being you. This was a really special episode and special way to kick off the new year. Yeah, yeah, we are definitely honored to have had him in our studio here. And let's just jump right into it. Do you 
studio. Oh, the studio. Yeah. Oh, the, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. That was my COVID rig. The studio, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got that. And uh, I'm starting to build a, uh, a studio from scratch. Uh, we have a barn at our place. So spending last year kind of turning the bottom floor into like a, I insulated, I didn't insulate it, but it's, uh, it's sort of finally warm and uh, cool in the summer and I'm kind of, I got a console in there now. Yeah, it looks, I saw pictures, maybe it was on your Instagram or something. It looks sweet. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah it's going to be pretty cool. I think it's all sort of unfinished pine and got a bunch of nice rugs down now. It's getting pretty cozy. There's something about an old barn space that just feels good. Yeah. 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 And uh, we've got... There's um doors with windows in them, and on the side of the, the windows, is, we have five alpacas or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's, so while you're recording, they're just like, they're these big, like, fuzzy heads. And it's, it's sort of, it's hard to get kind of, like, pissed off when you're recording, because you'll just look up and you'll see this alien creature just looking at you <laughs> with but these big eyes. Being it's, in that zone, being as relaxed as you can be recording is what you want to be, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I kind of designed it that way, where yeah. it's like, if you want to... You know, it's nice being in the country because if you get if you get sort of thinking too much, you can kind of take a walk or go hang with the alpacas yeah. or or whatever. It's just there's a lot to do, and you can kind of not get too in your head there. You know, so are you building a farm of sorts? Uh, not really. We just we just have for now. We're just sort of we might get it's just sort of for a hobby farm for now, just for for kind of vibe purposes. Just to you know, the alpacas are just pets, really. Yeah, you know. It's just we just love them, and they get us out of bed to go and uh, do our chores every day. And it's uh, it's just become sort of our way of life. And we'd miss them dearly if they were gone. You know, be sure. awfully quiet around there because they make. I'm pretty sure that they they must have sampled some alpaca noises for Star Wars <laughs> creatures. <laughs> yeah, because or I'd maybe they, all of the Star Wars animal and alien or alien sounds. I think. Maybe all came from alpacas because they, 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 I can't tell you how many weird alien sounds they make in a day. Like one will make probably like 11 different sounds a day. Well, nowadays, like sound design would just be take whatever sound and morph it in crazy ways. But in the 70s, they probably would have had to get real sounds and maybe put some reverb or yeah. a little delay on it so it and, <laughs> yeah alpacas they might, yeah. should we expect some alpaca samples in some of your future albums I think maybe <laughs> yeah there's, there's going to be in some in there anyways I think yeah whether <laughs> you like it or not inevitable yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a funny story you're probably not going to remember this at all but this is the the very first time we met my band at the time this is 2004 um, okay we had a weekly gig at the Pogue Fido. Remember that venue? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a great spot. Yeah. And we were playing there on Sundays. And it, yeah, they weren't, weren't, wasn't a great day for a weekly gig, but, uh, you know, eventually came pretty good by the end of it. Right. But uh, so we're doing this weekly gig, just starting off. And the owner calls up and said, listen, there's this big surf party going to be happening at the Pogue for the, oh, do you mind if Matt Mays plays before you? <laughs> yeah, sure. That would be awesome. I remember that. So, yes. so, uh, we go to the gig, and and you had Troy Ryan was your sound guy at the time. T Roy, yeah, yeah. He he wheeled in like the biggest PA imaginable, <laughs> sets up your band. It's just dialed in, sound amazing. There's like whatever five hundred people in there dancing, and then when when you were done, <laughs> takes the PA down. We set up and set up the speakers on sticks that are on stage. He didn't let you use the PA. No, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm calling him tonight. <laughs> We knew we knew him at the time. He's a Cape Bretoner, uh, but uh, 
we yeah we set up what a and dick. like and it was, it was more funny than anything but you had this big amazing sound we set up we have no low end at all just uh with well but, i'm sorry but that's not unacceptable man no it was it was pretty funny and that was my first time uh seeing seeing you play and I was like, wow, this, I think you may have just got off a tour with Sam at that time. We were playing with the Sam Roberts been a lot back then. Yeah. 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 You did a, I think a cr- big cross country tour. Yeah. And yeah. We were just doing our weekly gig. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then for a while we were like, oh yeah, Matt May's open for us. Yeah. <laughs> so, that was, uh, yeah, that was Jesus, almost 20 years ago now. Yeah, I know. I was thinking about that the other day. I heard Sammy on the radio and I was thinking, yeah, that was 2000, yeah, 2003, 2004. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy how long you guys have been at this. Yeah. yeah. I was I was doing a show the other night and I was introducing a song and I I just I haven't done the math in a while. And I was like, this song is almost when I was like 25 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? I, you know, I was 20, I was 19 when I wrote it, yeah. you know, it's like. It was crazy, you know. There was a time Mike asked me recently, the last time I was on rollerblades or roller skates, and I was like, yeah, like 10 years ago. And I was probably 16 the last time I was on roller skates. He's like, that's well over 10 years ago, <laughs> Kristen. But yeah, you kind of yeah. lose track of things when... It, it hits pretty hard, yeah. And yeah. I find like, well, I mean, you know, the the the, the time, the uh, sort of how uh, like how long it seems from when you're six to 16 or 16 to 26 seemed like forever seemed like the longest decade ever but from you know from you know 30 to 40 flies and from 40 to 50 i mean i'm gonna be 50 in uh you know six and a half years you know and i know that'll go super quick way quicker than you know and you talk to older people and like well 50 to 60 goes quicker Mm -hmm. you know it's 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 why it's important to sort of really make things count but it's funny how life works when you're you know from from zero to six is a that's a probably feels like a pretty long time. Speaking of zero parents. to six, maybe a little bit after. <laughs> what uh, what got you into music? Like, how did you pick up a guitar, and where where did that all come from? Um, my uh, my uh, my sister's boyfriend at the time, high school boyfriend. I, I was uh, in junior high still. Uh, he played guitar. And I just thought it was pretty cool because I, I really liked music or whatever because yeah. my parents were, had really good taste in music and my dad had a great record collection. And I was I'm from Cole Harbor. You know, it was just all hockey uh, hockey yeah. dudes that uh, that I, you know, I had to compete with, you know, for any attention, yeah. female attention or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> so I was like, I want to learn the guitar because maybe that'll give me something that, you know. The upper hand. Yeah. And uh, just so I could sing songs around a campfire. And that's all I wanted to do was just learn it. And then I turned into like that, like juicy fruit guy at parties where it's like people just wanted me to shut up, I think, and like <laughs> smash the guitar against the wall. Were you writing songs right away? Uh, yeah, I think I sort of got my heart broken. That was the first time I wanted to write a song yeah. was I sort of like, like, you know, forced under that sort of in that circumstance. Yeah. It's just I had so much feeling that I needed to go somewhere. And mm-hmm. I felt lucky that I had the guitar and I'd, I'd probably only been playing for a year or two. And it was just nice to have that outlet and the knowledge of how, how to play, you know, two chords at the time to get a song out, you know. Yeah. And sometimes those pivotal moments where something bad or even good happens something where there's a lot of emotion just change the trajectory of our life absolutely yeah i mean knowing that i had that outlet made me live differently i think knowing that i could 
I could, uh, or feel differently or emote differently or whatever, just because I knew I had this, uh, this ability to, to get my feelings out instead of keeping them inside. And, and, uh, and I'm still, um, navigating that, that, uh, thing that, you know, sort of songwriting goes, it's that, that, uh, the je ne sais quoi about the whole thing, the mystery, it's, it never gets old. It just always yeah. keeps morphing and keeps more, more challenging. It's like the challenge in songwriting is to, to not be challenged. Like it's to, to not think to just to let it in, you know, and it's, it's like a, it's like a yoga practice or something you just have, or meditation. It's like meditation where me have to learn to not think and the, you know, the more you try to learn to not think or, you know, it's like, don't think about a zebra right now. You're thinking about a zebra. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like same as songwriting. It's like you have to do whatever it is in your life. That's going to make you, um, mentally, uh, cleansed enough to sort of, or emotionally cleansed enough to, 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 to no mentally cleansed enough to let your emotions be able to connect with whatever it is to get yeah. a song out, you know, cause it's, you know, it's a really weird, simple yet super kind of complicated thing, you know. Do you still use songwriting as a form of therapy and expression or does it feel more like a job now? Uh, no, it, uh, it, uh, yes and no, you know, it's, uh, I feel like in the last decade I kind of lost myself a little bit. Like I, and I, 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 I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know why, you know, I think, I think I live, I tend to live in the past a bit. I'm a very sentimental person. And, and, um, I think life kind of, when I turned 40, I kind of, something just clubbed me over the head saying like, you're half with your life. It's just, you know, I guess a midlife crisis or whatever, but, um, I just sort of, everything sort of felt really convoluted and, and, uh, you know, sort of panic. Like I gotta, there's so much I gotta do. I, I'm gonna die, and if I'm lucky, forty years, and that's it's. Or you know, if I'm lucky, um, I got lots to do. You know, and then that that goes back to thinking too much, and it's like trying to write songs in a panic mode. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, I have a bunch of half songs I wrote, but I just was sort of just distracted, and and COVID happened, and then buying this little hobby farm takes up a lot of time, but it's also inspiring out there. So right now it's, it's just sort of, I'm just trying to really strip away a lot of layers and a lot of, you know, um, you know, I stopped drinking. I'm just living totally clean now. I'm doing a lot of yoga and surfing and I'm being indoor climbing lately, which has been really fun mm. and, uh, meditating and just doing the work, you know, been going to meetings, uh, with other alcoholics to, 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 uh, to learn how to, uh, it's been the most amazing experience of my life hanging out with these people. Like we're talking yeah. like real, you know, like survivors. And, uh, it's been amazing listening to their stories and, and, uh, learning how to cleanse from them and then doing physical stuff like yoga and, and, uh, running for more of the, the physical end of it and the, the joining the two together, it's just been amazing just how, how I feel when I wake up in the morning and then I take that and then apply it to my whole day and just sort of like, that's my center or how you woke up. And I've been writing songs again. That's been scary. And because I've realized I've been dodging in a lot of truths and stuff, you know, it's been like, it's amazing how, well, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but when it comes to, to looking at your own life, sometimes you just even though it's you and it's your mind 
it's really you you would think that the person behind the wheel knows everything about the vehicle and 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 uh the engine driving that vehicle but sometimes it's you know it, especially after what we've all gone through in the last while and uh and getting older and uh and losing friends and everything uh, over the years it's you just you just kind of get lost and and even though you don't think you're lost because you're the driver of the ship, you're the captain of the ship, even though, you know, you just be sort of going off course like this when you really should have been on this course. Yeah. So right now I'm just sort of like, it's like, you know, you know, Jesus, like turn the old Furuno on, like the radar, <laughs> like, you know, tack back onto your course. And that's what yeah. I'm doing now. And ever since I sort of realized I needed to tack back on a course, I've had this wave of relief going on, like getting help, seeing a, a psychotherapist just doing the work yeah you know and um and it's it, it's songwriting is nothing but just the truth the good good music you know even instrumental music just seems to just represent truth or any art you know yeah. visual art same thing it's like um uh, anything that gets in the way of that the beautiful thing that happens with an artist and the canvas or the dance floor or or the the guitar it has to be a pure channel. So uh, right now I've just, I've tacked the ship right now or yeah. the, and, and um, I'm just sort of heading back onto whatever course was sort of meant to be before I kind of got distracted, I think. So. Gosh, Matt, it's so important for people just to be, you know, be themselves and be honest about these things because yeah. I, I'm hearing you speak now and it just, it gives permission for other people to just be who they are and tap into that part of themselves as well. I think we're all a little bit maybe self-conscious or worried what others are going to think. And it makes it harder to really, like you're saying, be like know ourselves because yeah. you're constantly worrying about how you're represented to others. I'm curious because we doing the work is almost like a catchphrase now. Like we, we know this is something that we're advised to do, but what's that really look like for you? Well, it's, it was, it, it was it's kind of scary. Like um, f at first, you know, it's like the, only way around it the, the the only way around it is through it kind of thing is doing the work uh, and it's that's it i don't know it's it's a one one step one day at a time kind of thing and as far as like with with alcohol it's one of those things where a lot of people including myself is like well i don't i don't i'm not hiding mickeys in my car and in the cupboard and i'm not sneaking out in the backyard to drink and i you know that's one kind of alcoholic i was the one that just i had like you know 48 beers and two bottles of wine and a bottle of whiskey backstage at my office every day when i from when i was 19 till now i'm 43 and it's still there same rider and uh, i have no boss i have no clock i don't you know so you just get thrown into and you think when you're young you're supposed to you're supposed to drink it's supposed to be cool that's stupid mm -hmm. stupid testosterone driven rock thing that was just always kind of grossed me out uh, but i just kind of felt like oh i could drink because my heroes drink and you're supposed to drink whiskey when you write songs and that's yeah. so stupid because every song that i've ever written that i like the most or that people have seemed to like the most i've always written sober and anytime yeah. i've written songs drunk they're just they don't connect you know but i was lucky i had really good parents and really great friends so for me um and even then just trying to like oh i'm gonna take some time off drinking and i i love being physical and getting up early and going surfing or running or whatever but i also have that little voice in my head that's like ah you can have one drink blah blah, blah. you tell yourself yeah. that you can and um and i could for four months or three months or two months it's like oh i can do it i'm fine right 
but then all of a sudden it creeps back in and, you know, you're making bad decisions or it's just you're just slow or just 37% not there for your family or for, you know, it just it comes in little things. So that's when I decided to go get real help for it because it was kind of driving me nuts because I couldn't finish any songs and I was just kind of, you know, it wasn't any, you know, crazy big thing. It was just, just I felt I was just constantly getting... I just, I know myself and I, I just, I knew I wasn't, I wasn't where I should be. So, and I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty when it comes to self-help now, because I, I know that there's going to be something great at the end of it. And, um, I got this sort of team that I talk to every, every day I go to these meetings and talk to other people with alcohol issues. And they're like my superheroes, what they've been through and stuff. And they're, they all pat you on the back and they call you and check in and be like, you can do this. And this is how I did it. And, so, and I'm helping even younger people already, even after 36 days, I'm so new to it, but I'm already just, you know, if I go every day, it's, I'm just, I'm writing songs again and I'm like, okay, this is, this is the fast track. This is, this is how to get back on this, um, this course that I know I can, I'm going to be a way better person on, yeah. you know, and uh, I'm not scared to talk about it because it's just, it's a disease just like any other disease, you know, I think uh, Mitch, uh, Mitch uh, Hedberg said that he said that uh, alcoholism is the only disease you can get yelled at for having. <laughs> Damn it, Janet, you have lupus. Listen, I listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn it, Janet. You know, but again, I'd be very, very grateful. I have great parents and great friends and support system. And, and um, but I feel like if anybody wants to ever talk about that and I might fall off the wagon tomorrow, I don't know. It's yeah. again, the whole day at a time thing's real because I know I can get through a day. So I can get through a day. I can get through two days or whatever. And, and, um, it's uh it's been great but as far as my the the art goes or the muse or whatever you want to call it i'm just i'm feeling so much closer every day and i can't wait to do a record you know and it's gonna be probably weirder and i feel more weird and uh, courageous with my art when i'm sober i mean i well, last time i was sober i did a album about being a dog <laughs> so, you know i don't know what this one's gonna be but it's gonna definitely be pretty close to home and 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 uh i don't know well first off congratulations man that's thank you that's amazing and we've we've had a lot of people on this podcast initially we started off interviewing artists and then we had a life coach on who went through these big experiences with addiction and then we got messages from people saying like oh my god this helped me so much and when people are willing to talk and just open up and be honest and be themselves it just really resonates with people and you you doing this i know will have an impact on people out there well i hope so i mean i, I see like a lot of the younger bands i mean like i i, I thank god drinking's not nearly as part of the the trade as it used to be and and uh it's not cool anymore just because i can see why i mean there's so many yeah. bozos that you know they don't want to look like that bozo or be like that <laughs> or you know it's like oh you know getting more health driven however there is still a lot in the industry and and uh and if uh i don't know if i just i i, I think it's all so so stupid i want to detach the the drinking part of doing shows and, 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 uh, and I mean, if you want to, you can, I um, have no, no problem with people having a good time because yeah. a lot of people can handle it. Yeah. There's a lot of people who can't either and they shouldn't feel like they have to or shouldn't yeah. be part of it or whatever. And I'm just sort of speaking for, for that. And I'm just starting, I'm just starting now. My, like I said, I'm just doing the work myself, but I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm also honest. If you're asking me how I'm doing, I want to yeah. tell you guys. And, and if, if any other musicians that are younger and are afraid to take the leap, um, 
I'll tell you right now, it's it's not as hard as you think if you just go go to the right places. It's it's awesome. It's like you're just you're handed your it feels like you're handed your your soul back. It's like here, this is where it is. Come here. It's you know, it's the you are loved here. There's a, a whole a whole uh, a whole world out there that you don't know about that's yeah. just so tender and warm and safe. Mm. And and within Within even ten days, you just see you, you, the light, the colors start coming back, and your confidence comes back. And I thought I had really bad social anxiety. Yeah, it turns out I was hungover all the time. You know, yeah. I, I went to a yoga party sober the other day at my yeah. yoga studio at a yoga studio, and I was like, oh, I don't know. And then I was just, I just floated through the doors and felt so comfortable. And yeah. it was, I don't know. It's just such a shame that people have this this cloud they live with, and all it is is just, you know, especially when you're in your forties. You're hung over for four days if you have a big yeah, night, you know, yeah. that's your, that affects your life too. You know, yeah. being, you know, being down with, even if it's 17% or something random. Yeah. I feel like that, I'm hung over before I even get drunk now. Yeah. Like yeah. I just, yeah. There's, yeah, there's no in between fun part even. Yeah. My body's like, no, no, that's, this, I just don't like this now. No, that's it. Yeah. And then you don't like yourself and then you get anxiety and then you should drink again and it's a cycle. Yeah, right. and, you know, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not easy, but it's worth, worth doing. And it's, it's, uh, anyway, so, hey, but, but as far as the music goes, I'm just like, I, I, I love playing. I don't need to, I don't need to drink. I, or you know, when I, when I play live, it's one of the, the, the only places that I don't feel scared is when I'm on stage. Yeah. If something happens up there, I turn into like an animal and I just, I just, I find booze makes that numb. So I don't usually, I'll have like a drink before the show. But playing, you know, so the other night was, it was it's also the, the, the stage is still my favorite place to be because it's like, I'm used to it sober up there. I'm used to it having my clarity. So it still yeah. remains my favorite place. And I, uh, I'm going to, I love playing even more now because I have, I'm even that much more clear and I'm singing better and, and because I'm running a lot, I have better wind and I'm just, yeah. it's just, it's just, I'm just so grateful that I'm, I'm like, on this right path, this trajectory right now. Do you feel you're more, as a songwriter, more open to the the big frequency? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, how could you not be? You know, there's something to be said about being tired and having that, like, you know, but that's, when, when, to get that with me, it's like in the morning when I'm half asleep, but I'll just get out and just start writing, just like stream of conscious, like that's, yeah. you know, like it's way better than being hungover or kind of drunk when you're writing or trying to con contact whatever that is to write songs. I feel like the weirdest place a person could ever be is is in their clear head, but when they first wake up in the morning, or if you're just up for two days and you're tired, it's that's an awesome place to be too because you still have your wits, mm -hmm. right? Your mind is still you know functioning it's just tired it's not there's no substances messing with it, you know? So I love getting up in the morning and just just writing down whatever, you know, sort of half dream state stuff and let, let your mind be the psychedelic part of yeah. of the music because it's, human brain is psychedelic AF yeah, <laughs> on its own. Human like, brain produces uh, DMT. Yeah. Like there's a little bit in there. I, I think it fires them out in the morning because yeah. I have some weird, you know, half dreams and stuff. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's I find it really exciting. And because you don't have any you know, crazy highs or whatever. It's just those, those moments become, you know, I was listening to, I was in a bathtub in my hotel last night and everybody went out and had a good time. That's what you do. You just, I was eating licorice in a bathtub. You do these <laughs> weird things when you come. And I was listening to, uh, my friend Mike sent me, um, 
uh, Wu Tang and Zeppelin record mashup, okay. and I was just like, it was like it took me if I was like hungover or whatever, or even just like still drinking, I would not have heard this record the same way. It was just yeah. like my ears are working like in like magically, and like just everything's in color, and like, and I listened to this this mashup record in the bubble bath. That yeah. was just like, this is like. It was lonely and kind of pathetic, but at the same time, yeah. it was awesome. Like I had like an amazing experience. Like it sounded so good, and I put all of my creativity and uh, dopamine and serotonin all into this album. You know, it was like it all kind of went there, and I was like, "This is this is new. This is a crazy thing." And mm. I want to kind of do that in the studio with my own yeah. songs, right? And kind of get there. Hey, Kristen, do you know what's awesome? What, Mike? Real food bars. Mmm, they're so delicious. They are delicious. I take them on my runs with me because they're such clean fuel. Like you're out on the track and you open up a bar while you're running? Yeah, just tear it open right there on the spot. That's Versatile. They source all local ingredients. All local? So they call themselves Made with Local because they support so many local farmers and food makers. Where are those farmers based out of that they support? Nova Scotia. Holy smokes, this is <laughs> getting even better and better. Where can you buy their products? So they still manufacture in Nova Scotia, but you can find their product all across Canada now. This is unreal. And they started out as just a small table at a farmer's market and have now achieved B Corp certification. That sounds pretty fancy. Yeah, they have tons of delicious flavors. I'm partial to anything with peanut butter and chocolate, as you know, but they also have lemon and blueberry, uh, gingerbread for the holidays. Oh man, they are pretty darn delicious and healthy. Like when I eat like seven in a row, if I ate seven Mars bars, you know, I'd feel like I was gonna die, but I eat seven of those and I feel like I can take over the world. Yeah, you could lift a car after that. Yeah, you get this, like, power in your bones. Made with local. And where can we find these bars and all the great products they create? So I usually pick up my real food bars just at our local grocery store, but they're also found in lots of health food stores, gas stations, and little markets across the country. They are doing awesome, and they taste awesome, nutritious, and delicious real food bars. Real food bars. Made with local. Made with local. I did an art collection a couple years ago and called it the Gemini Project. And the idea was that it recognized and celebrated different parts of ourselves. So Gemini being the twin, double-sided, and most of us have more than two sides, of course. And I've heard you talk about kind of who you become on stage and that maybe being different than a more introverted version of yourself offstage and the public might assume otherwise. Do you feel like this part of your life in sobriety that you're now discovering a whole other side of you that you've not yet known yeah yes and no i think the i think there's sort of uh the stage the stage guy is different i don't know i don't know what happens there i think it's i think it's one place where i feel like i'm in control and i just i'm on like a i don't feel like i seek control in my offstage life too much like i'm passive and i don't i don't know i i don't know there's probably something in my subconscious or whatever i mean there's a lot of stuff that 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 uh, makes me a real extrovert on stage. I feel like I'm safe up there, or, or something that I know I'm 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 good enough at to be able to take charge of the room, and and it's really a fun spot for me. But um, but yeah, in real life, I'm I'm a pretty passive guy, and with which I thought I had pretty social anxiety, anxious, 
social anxiety <laughs> problem <laughs> issues. Um, but I don't know. I'm still deciphering that right now. I think like uh, I know that that when people get drunk um, or use any substance, they 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 really aren't themselves. Like a lot of I don't believe that people liquor makes you tell the truth. I think it makes you lie and it makes you whatever takes over is evil and it's not you i believe that these substances can do that and i'm still sorting that out not like i've never thank god i've been more of a sort of the good times party drunk but i've have friends that they have too much whiskey and they're mean and they're Mm -hmm. and i know that's not them i know even i've known them my whole life it's not them something happens you know so as far as that goes as far as like the sobriety goes i'm just sort of coming into my real self again and uh i um it's, i'm a lot like my like high school self than i thought i'd be it's like i haven't changed that much you know like i feel like there's an innocence that's coming back and like a lust for life that's coming back and it's you know it's nice getting older while feeling you know younger again too yeah. you know so i don't know i'm still kind of working all that out i guess sure. yeah i feel like my, my, I'm just turning 40 and, uh, well, this podcast might have aired by the time uh, I'm <laughs> well, 40. Happy birthday, bud. Yeah, woo. <laughs> but uh, I feel like this stage in my life, I've been looking back at my younger self with this big air of nostalgia. And I wrote, I wrote our last album all about that. It's about the summer of 1999. Yeah. And I think that a certain amount of time has to happen like you have to be whatever 20 years past a certain time to be able to look back and have this certain lens you can look at it with and experience it in a different way because obviously when you're in the moment you're in the moment and Mm -hmm. living then and a few years after you're not far enough removed from it but i feel like a lot of 40 ish year old (laughs) people kind of look back at this time in the life a few years 20 ish years ago and maybe want to capture that in some way or capture that energy again or just really tune into that moment do you feel like that's kind of going on yeah big time yeah Yeah. it's just i i I think i think like the summer of 99 was (laughs) my favorite summer something (laughs) happened there (laughs) and uh and uh, yeah it's just i I feel like i chased that a lot too yeah you know and uh but i think it's fun to, to to i try to think like with music it's like hopefully some of my songs are like the soundtrack of somebody else's 99 yeah, or whatever so yeah. you try to be part of the now and 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 uh hopefully that this this could be you know somebody's soundtrack or somebody's great summer but as far as like i'm i'm really trying to live more in the the moment now because just you know we like the past because it's it's safe we know what happened yeah right and we we the, the future is interesting because we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, but it's also scary. But the now doesn't have to be scary because we're alive and we're breathing, and you can you can you can deal with it. And to anything that happens in the now, we've got a toolkit to deal with it, even if it's tragic. Yeah. But the future is terrifying, and the past is so safe. But I just I bask in the past because I like the safety and I love I love the that warm feeling of those those great summers and friends and no responsibility and uh, yeah. you know just that's why why can't we all have that? Isn't there a pill we can all take where it can just be like that all the time? You know there isn't. You we know? can go to the shore club. <laughs> <laughs> we can have five that's, days of that. Yeah, because yeah. that's kind of where we can kind of we can kind of put it with within. Uh, 
uh, one spot for sure. <laughs> yeah. And if it was like that all the time, we wouldn't, we wouldn't, uh, you know, and, and, you know, we like to, we like to sugarcoat those moments too. You know, those, there was a lot of, I worked a lot of jobs back then that I was, you know, taking garbage out and cleaning toilets. Yeah. I don't think about those times. I just think about cruising around in my truck, you yeah. know, with my friends. You yeah, bus. it's like people that come home and tell you about their trip when they ended up breaking down or getting robbed yeah, or losing yeah. their passport. But or they everybody's talk about Instagram page. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> it's just like all the good stuff, right? Yeah, precisely. Yeah, you know? Curated snapshots of yeah. you at your best. Yeah, yeah. we curated oh. our, our Instagram page of our youth and we just... We want to live that youth, you know. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm so glad Instagram didn't exist Ugh, back then. Too. Man, I know. Eh? <laughs> Nightmare. Nightmare. The memories would be good to look <laughs> back on. Just, but uh, I guess some people had digital cameras back then, and uh, I have a box Clip of old cameras. photos I go through every every few years. Like, oh yeah, let me look at those pictures. Two of each, of course, because you always got doubles for ninety nine cents. Yeah. <laughs> And then yeah, doubles. <laughs> what about doubles? You, you got to take advantage of that deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too good not to. <laughs> it's true. So you you started playing guitar because your sister's boyfriend is that? Oh yeah, we got off track. Then, no, we? no. Uh, much. Yeah, um, yes. Yeah, and he was nice enough to to teach me. I remember, I remember Free Fallen was my first. Oh yeah, was my first uh, first song I learned, and uh, and then I kind of went from there, and and um, yeah. And you, so you start start writing songs, and when did you start first playing gigs? Uh, it was in um, I went to Auburn Drive High School. Yeah, and um, uh, they would have uh, like uh, talent show kind of things, unplugged sort of yeah. shows, and I would I remember I would, used to play like Heart of Gold and, and uh, yeah, and uh, a few other things, and um, my voice was really was really bad back then and uh, I always used to try out for this high school musicals because I loved musicals yeah, and yeah. I was auditioned and my voice, they just told me my voice wasn't good enough and, and um, but it just kind of made me work harder back yeah. then. I just, I was like, I'm going to work through this and I think my voice was still changing or whatever and I think just from, it may have stayed bad and it's, it's still really shaky now. I still have to really really concentrate to sing like i'm not i'm not like baldwin where he can adam baldwin he can just like he just Belted sings out, he's, bel yeah. he's just natural great singer like roy orbison or something you know yeah i am um, i have to really concentrate and use like my mind and my ears to kind of you know i'm not a, a technically very good singer but i just have a lot of passion for what i'm singing about so i kind of convince people that I'm okay well singing, I, I think I guess, there'd be but, thousands of people out there who call you your, their favorite singer. Okay, so okay. Well, that's... I, I, I wouldn't say that uh, people are, are picking up on that. No, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah. And I, I think I was just maybe kind of angry at that for so long that I pushed through some level to be able to sing and, and be able to, you know, keep up with my band and stuff. And, yeah. But yeah, it was just a lot of playing, a lot of gigging. And, yeah. and um, I was really lucky to have um, uh, the McNeil family um, it's a big, uh, uh, Cape Breton family from Port Hood, um, uh, to live, they lived right close to this, the school and okay. like every Sunday or once a week I would go and, uh, and try to keep up with all these jigs and reels and oh, I mean, yeah. I didn't know when all the changes were coming, I'm aged a minor and just all <laughs> I would do is just stomp my foot as hard as I could with everybody else. And, yeah. um, everybody in the whole family, it was like a eight, eight, person family I think it was six uh, six kids five five kids uh um and everybody played something 
So it was just yeah. so great getting my chops up with them, my rhythm chops and yeah. stuff. And then we had a little Celtic band and I had a fake ID. I used to go, I remember playing gigs at like the, just all around, we were called Jillick. It's like Gaelic yeah. for a drop of rum. Yeah, and we were, have a know, little Jillick. A little Jillick, yeah. yeah. And uh, we, uh, yeah, we were just playing, you know, Sonny's Dream and yeah. Eyes to Buy and <laughs> everything. It was really great <laughs> being like, you know, 17 or 18. I guess it would have been 15 or 16 or no 16 or 17 any whatever so you went the fake id route not the get your parents to yeah. sign the permission slip route. <laughs> yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah. you can get in underage yeah. with uh, yeah. proper i and, guess papers and, and uh <laughs> yeah yeah no and uh yeah it was it was i was too young to be in the bar yeah. scene it was like this is crazy you know yeah uh, maybe that's what's wrong with me maybe that but uh, uh it was fun it was great it was a great way to learn gigging and you know how to use monitors and yeah and then i just kind of i did an open mic circuit for a long time solo i love playing solo and yeah. i would do like you know three open mics a week for years you know tickle yeah. trunk was my main one on spring garden yeah. Yeah. and gores brook and rogues and i was just kind of just did to get my songs together. go to nascad as well yeah i yeah. did i took a semester off after high school and then and that's what probably i did a lot of a lot of open mics because I had to do something or whatever. And yeah. then I, I did a semester of NASCAD. And then sort of in that time, I was getting really into recording on my, I got an eight track cassette and yeah. um, I sort of wore out my four track and I got an eight track and then I got really into recording and, and, and playing songs around town and yeah. playing in the band. And, and I was in a, also in a band in high school called Bark too. So it's like the whole rock band thing. I wanted to get my own rock band. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, just, um, I just made a decision and I just, look, I, I want to do music. And, yeah. and uh, I, it was, uh, I, I, I'm bummed because I was really into NASCAD and I just, but I had to pick because I wanted to pour everything into one thing, you know? And, um, but now I'm, I'm it's sort of really craving to do more visual art now. Yeah. Just, 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 it's just because I get, I have a little more time and I've sort of feel like I've gotten a lot of music out that I wanted to get yeah. out. And it's like, but I had, that school was amazing. I had such a, such a unique and interesting time there. It was, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. And your dad is an artist. He is. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's a, a couple cover, uh, covers for your albums. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. My dad is an artist. Uh, yeah. He's a, he's been, uh, yeah, he uh, he used to do a lot of portraits and made, sort of made a living off it for yeah. quite a long time. And then and uh, he's really back into it quite a bit now, which awesome. is great. Yeah, him and my mom travel a lot, and he's he's doing sort of a travel log, but just does a lot of water, beautiful watercolors, mm -hmm. some ink, and they're gorgeous from traveling the world. He just sketches all. It's yeah, it's great. And my grand his 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 dad uh, was a really great artist too, and oh, he's nice. he's he did all these really great sketches in the war. He was stationed in Egypt, so he's got all these beautiful, awesome charcoal sketches of soldiers and tanks in the desert that that um, some war museums have up now and stuff. Do and you have really any cool. of those? Do you have any of your uh, grandfather's I, I, work? Uh, all of the my my folks have them all. Yeah, and they're all they keep them. Yeah, it, it's it's they're they're he's he's amazing. Yeah, really yeah what great. a special token yeah. of his yeah, history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. I expect your parents were supportive of you pursuing this life in the arts. Then and, absolutely, yeah. yeah. They they uh, they that uh, was really lucky with that. I never had the I'll show them kind of thing. I think just mm -hmm. me trying to be a good singer was enough of that sort of angst or whatever but they were always very supportive and they always come to gigs and and uh yeah i think because my dad was an artist 
you know, and he worked a bunch of jobs to support, you know, my sister and I, and yeah. I think seeing, getting to, see, you know, see a gen, and the same, my grandfather was an, uh, an incredible, um, uh, pianist and a keyboard player and was a choir director and in yeah. Scotland. And he was a really great musician and wanted to do music forever and had to go to war and, you know, the, his dreams were over. Yeah. So, uh, being able to have the opportunity to, to actually do it. My, was I think uh, meant a lot to my folks, and they were really supportive. That finally, uh, you know, um, I didn't have kids. I didn't have to go to war. And it's like let's yeah. try to get some art out there to the world. And and yeah. uh, so my my folks were very supportive of that, and really gave me a push. And uh, you know, I met your dad a couple times, and he was incredibly supportive of me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, we love that, uh, Dad. <laughs> he came up to me. Uh, I think we play open for you at Tidenborough in Moncton. Yeah, and your dad came in the green room after room afterwards, and was just mm -hmm. like just the nicest guy possible, and just saying the most positive things like jeez thanks so much <laughs> yeah yeah and then uh i saw him again at another show and he was just over the moon like well this is the nicest guy i've ever met <laughs> matt mays is good but his dad is <laughs> yeah no he's he's great he's, he loves music he loves yeah. coming to see shows he still comes out same with my mom they yeah. they, uh, they come out to shows but yeah he he wouldn't have said that if he didn't mean it either yeah. you know like because you guys are an amazing band and uh he just he loves good music and he had a cool life in in, in being in Hamilton because he was like a visual artist. He used to, he had a, a a friend who was in like the record company business and the live business in Hamilton back in like yeah. the 80s, 70s and 80s. So he used to do a, a lot of posters for gig posters oh, cool. and tickets and yeah. he was sort of did a lot of neat stuff like that. So he was always at shows and kind of in the business a bit too. Yeah. So he's got a kind of a neat Canadian music heritage uh sort of little nook that he had in, in the uh, background Hamilton. we'd like know? him to get one of those commercials i think yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll work yeah. on that <laughs> yeah. was there ever a point in your life matt that you thought you might leave music never no no i've i've thought about like doing other things whatever but it's like to me it's like uh breathing or whatever peeing yeah. <laughs> it's like i you know i can't not do it it's just so part of me i was just born in it's like baked right in and uh I have to do it, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's hard with relationships sometimes when I was, I didn't know it was baked in. I just thought I liked doing it or whatever. And it's like, it's, it's been hard having something that you have to do. That's not like a, you know, uh, bodily function, like breathing or anything, you know, it's something that's, it's that you put number one, but it's not really number one. It's like saying, you know, like, like pooping is number one. You know? <laughs> you it's number do, two. We all know two. that. Yeah, you got it. You got to do nice one. You got it. You know, it's like it, it. But with songs and music, for me, it's just it's just as important as any other bodily function. It's it's like I gotta I gotta do it. It's not my priority. It's not my first thing. It's not. And that's just sort of life stuff. It's just mm -hmm. it's just something I I have to do. I have to do it. You know and. uh it's uh it took me a long time to really have to stick up for it and be like yeah. no i'm doing this i'm not i'm not doing anything else i have to do this first and and it's really it's t it's kind of tough but it's it's when you see it work it's magic and flourish and stuff you know you're fighting for the right thing and it's worth fighting for kind of thing and defending you know i feel like myself as a musician there's been so many highs and lots of lows and some of those lows I know 
lots of other people would have stopped because that's what a normal person would have done. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I can't pay rent. I can't do this or that. Like it's pretty obvious that you should probably figure out another path at this point. Right. But you know, you, you push through and you never, it's not even in the back of my, it was never in the back of my head that I would stop doing it. It was like, I just have to figure out how to get better or how from more people can hear me. And pushing through those really hard times and moments got me to a point where, yeah, everything is pretty good now, you know, yeah. like if I, if I decided to, to change, if I wasn't willing to sacrifice, make those sacrifices and keep moving on, then I would be on a completely different path mm-hmm. and I wouldn't enjoy that path near as much. It might make sense for other people, but for me, yeah, if, uh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I feel. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, totally. It's like, I think maybe that's why I have trouble in a lot of other uh, sides of life because I don't I have this thing that screams at me so much and guides me, like guides me what to do. And, and I don't have that anywhere in life, you know, anywhere else in life. Yeah. And it's like, I, that's why I've, I flounder a lot and it's like, it's tough for me, you know, I'm sort of struggle with a lot of real life stuff and yeah. because i have such a direction and pull this in music it's such yeah. a beautiful spirit in my life that that sort of the mundane details of life i feel are you know i i kind of I don't give um, I, I suppose enough attention to you know <laughs> but uh i'm getting better at that by yeah. by by realizing it and and kind of facing it but uh but yeah it's it's i get that it's like you, you have this sort of thing and it's like i just need to trust it because it's it's sort of calling the shots you know has it built trust in yourself having that commitment to something and mike you too like the way you've described it that you know with complete certainty and conviction that this isn't something i'm going to give up on i'm not willing to does that help build that relationship with yourself yeah uh yeah it does but just with music i think right you know what i mean like i think uh the music's you know and and then you, you enter the machine you know i i i use the analogy of I was on a major label and I was sort of the last sort of generation to be on that, having like that big label push and the, the money behind you and videos and things. And I felt like I was, it was like Indiana Jones when that walls come down, he grabs his hat last <laughs> minute. That was sort of like, I just got in for that push and I was sort of part of the machine. And, and, um, it, uh, you, that when you use money and music start mixing together and that's, that's a, a whole other part of it where you it also causes a lot of bad things to happen so you kind of as far as trust in in that thing it's like it's sort of this this the music you, you want to kind of blame the the muse or blame all this you know rock and roll music ruined the life or you know where it's and it's and it's like it gets you drinking it gets this and that it's 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 a lot of and that's just the money that ends up making people do that stuff it's not the music but it's another sort of thing that you have to navigate through as far as trusting that it's 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 the the purity of the art hasn't been touched it's just sometimes tarnished by by something like you know somebody trying to make money off you or you trying to write a song to make money or whatever that's not going to make a good song you know, it's, it's, um, the, the, you know, but, but that, 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 I went through a bit of that, a, a bit of a phase like that for a while, but I feel like something magical, a lot of magic happens after 40 and that it's sort of like, 
you really want to get back to the art because it's like you realize how stupid all that is and it just seems to really thin out the quality of that that's just sort of yeah. dumb and it doesn't really hold any water anymore yeah. all that matters is sort of the truth and like love of music and and the truth of it and the trust of it you know and that's all that matters because that's what people like the most i mean all your favorite songs you like them because they make you feel a certain truth or or you can relate to the truth yeah. of singers singing or you know that's that's all of us are like that with music so why think about anything else i guess right i want to ask you about love and friendship and how both of you are in the public eye and I, i've seen you at shows and seen how your fans respond and of course that's an important part of it but how do you use your instincts and intuition to decipher this is somebody I want to connect with. This is a friend. This is someone I might fall in love with versus someone who just wants to be around you because of who you are. Right. Um, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I'm still kind of learning that a bit, but I think cause I'm pretty private dude when, uh, you know, unless I'm like out on the road or whatever. And then usually I'm, you know, just, I, I don't know, like I'm just kind of hide behind everybody else or just, I don't know, more behind alcohol or whatever. So I'm sort of learning to navigate that. But but usually I know either right away with somebody I'm going to like, you know, uh, like, uh, like um, uh, click with somebody, you know, um, or, or, I, or it's somebody, it's weird because I have some of the favorite people in my life I didn't like at first. You know, when I first meet him, I'm like, I don't like this guy. Yeah. And then it's just like, he's, and it's usually because they're so honest or something that they're kind of mean or so, or they've said something that kind of like, but then you can't help but love how honest they are. And that the honest people like that feel really safe to me because you know, they're not going to lie to you. Right? Yeah, sure. Right. But so it's other people like that or just people, you know, you, you just sort of, if you just right away, you just know. And I don't know. I don't think there's a middle ground. I think, you know, I think it just sort of speaks, uh, I don't know, it's the other, it sort of screams at me, I guess, you know. Do you have that too, Mike? Like, do you feel like you have um, that radar? Well, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't have as many people approach me as Matt though, but uh, well, it's, um, I think like when people get to know you based on social media or just from being on stage again that's not who who you are all the time and i don't know i put out a lot of really funny videos and i'm kind of an over-the-top character that marquee show last the the marquee show ad, yeah. that, man that, <laughs> that made me buckle over man oh, anyways come but on. people often think i'm just going to be in public like and yelling and screaming <laughs> yeah. and just being wild and i'm pretty quiet actually yeah that's why it's like, funny because you're, you're you're a subdued guy and when you do those it's just it's so funny because it's just so explosive and that's what kills me about it but you're both that way you're both very kind tender souls in i'll call real life and then you get on stage and you turn into utter animals which is pretty fascinating but i can understand why those who wouldn't know you in an intimate way would assume that's the person they're going to meet on the street and that you want to be haywire all the time. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, uh, it's, it's you know, I think people assume you're that way. And, and I think a lot of people are kind of standoffish because they think you're kind of like a cocky prick or whatever because yeah. they just see you on stage. But, mm. you know, that's not us, you know, by, by any stretch of it. But, uh, 
it's uh, I don't know. Yeah, it is very interesting. And there's know? there's little things like before a show, like whatever. If I'm not in the green room and out front, and I'm about to sing, like I don't want to talk to anyone because I don't want to be yelling at a bar. And I'm, yeah, someone comes up to me and is drunk. Oh, what's going on? Like, yeah, <laughs> not too much. How are you like? Yeah, yeah. They probably see me as, well, what's this guy's problem? Yeah, I like, think that happens. Yeah. I think it does. Yeah. but like I don't know. I think those it's on those people to really pick up on <laughs> like social cues and just hey this person has a job to do like, yeah just yeah. just be a little bit of uh i guess realist and look at what's going on in the situation and you, you <laughs> use your head like okay this person's about to go sing on stage and do their job that they get paid for and make their living like, right they don't necessarily want to be chatting with a random stranger for 20 minutes. Right. I mean, we've both probably been on the other side of the coin too, where you're at a show of somebody you really like. And, yeah. you know, I've stopped people walking to the stage and they've always been nice, but I, yeah. you know, it's like, it's, uh, it's weird how, how, uh, yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's yeah, being on the other side of the coin where it's like, I need to meet this person or whatever. And, and. I'm, I find I'm a bit of a people pleaser too. Like I am trying to like, oh yeah. I like I try to make I want them to like me, you know. Like, and, but then I step back and I'm like, why? Why do I care what this random stranger thinks? Like it's ingrained in my mind. Yeah. Like, well, it's I think it's important too. I think I mean like I I really love it's it's weird because I had a hard time going out uh, talking to people. Like, um, I think that's why I started drinking a lot after shows. Actually, was because I was I didn't have a problem playing the show. It was um. It was, uh, I was just, you know, back on those arena tours, like with Blue Rodeo or, yeah. or when we were at Sam, I would, uh, just go out after, after our set, I would walk all the way up to the merch table and hang out and talk to people and just, you know, just try to build the audience. And, and then I would go after the headliner, I'd go back out and, but I just kind of like, it's just, uh, it's just like my, it's not my worst nightmare but it's just like a, a worst fear is like multiple people that i have to talk to yeah. in a, like a, a situation and you know and it's just like uh but at the same time some of my favorite moments ever were just meeting random people who are saying that oh this song got my family through this yeah. and so there's these like golden nuggets of this awesome stuff which is like and i go to bed at night and i sleep like a baby after hearing some of these yeah. things because it sort of makes me feel like i'm doing a job and gets me out of my own ego a little bit and it's not just about me slinging my guitar on a stage trying to be a dink it's like it's actually maybe making some kind of difference but at the same time it was also really scary for me to go out there and like um and uh to to talk to people but uh like i said it was it was also a lot of oh sorry a lot of beauty to it too and that's one of my favorite things now is is I'm getting over that fear and trying to talk to people more and, and just getting to travel the land and meeting people from every city is such a, a unique uh, thing. And it's kind of a blessing to, to go around and from meeting people in every town and, and yeah. you re, you re, it's really good to see that kind of humanity and realize there's such beautiful people in every town that are soulful and love music. And, and then there's also that really drunk couple that pushes everybody aside, <laughs> comes up to you, you know, that that's annoying, but, uh, and then I have like I kind of freeze up, but it's uh, yeah, rock rock shows or any shows are just a pretty interesting, you know, people experiment. It's to sit back and watch what all goes down, yeah. and, and even from the crowd, like couples fighting or couples yeah. proposing, or mm -hmm. you know, in one show I see so much go on yeah. in one night, and uh, 
it's pretty incredible what uh, what happens in one room at a at a show. And when, I've been... when people are paying money to come see you, you have to just give them your yeah. best, obviously on stage, and like they're willing to pay a certain amount of money to. They chose you to come out to see that night over a million other things, right? So it's again, like I don't want to lose my voice talking to someone <laughs> before the show, but it is truly an honor yeah. to have someone come up and say like, "Oh, this song meant so much to me," or something like that. That is like so important. It's insane. Me means so much, and yeah. like you said, you sleep like a baby afterwards. Like yeah. those are the things that power me through. Yep. hard times for sure absolutely man it's like it's uh it's hard to believe it's even real you yeah. know sometimes you know it's like how did i change you know it's it's like you know you have to go to med school for 10 years to help somebody you know yeah. we just had to tour for 10 years and, <laughs> yeah. and uh and you know it's having that sort of you know working in our songs enough to the point where they have medicinal power yeah and uh and uh yeah yeah what gives you that same medicinal power in return? Uh, I think like, I don't know. I think, I think music, uh, but I mean, I, something other than music, I think, I think just like family and friends and like oh, this omnipresent love I have. I'm very lucky of, of the people in my life really love me and care about me and worry about me. And I think that's something I, I never, ever take for granted uh, maybe I did take it for granted for a while, but I don't, I don't anymore. It's all I have now. I feel, you know, it's like that music, right? I remember, uh, playing the shore club with you. We opened for you during COVID, uh, like five shows, I guess. And I think it was the third show in afterwards. And, and these shows were seated. People are sitting <laughs> after every song, people are cheering, like, if you if you really if you couldn't really see that well and you were just on stage any night you couldn't really differentiate like between the nights but I remember sitting backstage after I think it was the third show and we were talking about just the energy of a crowd and we were like tonight was different like mm. and it's it's so weird that and I feel like I've become highly attuned to that, picking up on what's happening in a room at a given yeah. time. And I talked to you about that that night, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's that's a real thing. Like, how, how I'm, I'm assuming that you feel the same way. Like, you can walk into a room and pretty quickly feel the vibe of what's going on. Yeah, it's weird, eh? It's like, it's a, it's a skill you get after playing, like, a quadrillion shows. <laughs> yeah. I guess it just comes, not, you just, you know what... Oh, this crowd's going to do this. Yeah. What I find fascinating is you could do like, if you do a stint somewhere, like four nights at a place and it's like the same town and then it'll be say like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And you'll be like, okay, well, Saturday's going to be the best crowd, Yeah, you know? And, uh, and it'll be the Sunday or the, it, you'll never know. And each crowd in the same town is completely different. Yeah. It's like the meeting four different yeah. people. You know, I've often sort of, Whatever I don't know what to do to a crowd at first, I sort of just like pretend I'm playing for one person and just, you know, just like play, find out the collective is like Voltron or whatever when all the parts <laughs> go together, this yeah. one big robot. Yeah. It's like a crowd's kind of like that. One, one crowd, even if it's a 17,000 person crowd at an arena, it could be totally different the next night. And it's like, you just, if you get, if I get overwhelmed, I'm just sort of read the 
the one personality or, or, or the personality traits off of this one crowd and then just sort of just play to that one sort of thing instead of going on playing for whether it's 20 people or 20,000 people. It's like it does this. It, I mean, that's the magic in a room. Everybody goes into this one sort of thing and you're part of it. And it's, yeah. you know. Well, and even during a COVID show where everyone was seated, you could feel the the want for people. You know, we were just like caged animals in our seats, yeah, really. Yeah. People wanted to dance so bad. Yeah. So even though it must have felt different for you on stage, of course, yeah, like that energy of desire was still there to yeah. be with you. When I look back at those those seated short club shows, it, I don't don't look at it as like lesser than the, any of the other short club yeah. shows because everybody was there. It's the same short club spirit. People were loaded, drunk, <laughs> smashing their 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 steins on the tables, yeah. Yeah. dancing in their seats. It was just the it was all the there, front the center, energy like it is still is. there. It was, but, it but was. but again, different each night. Each which night, is, yeah, which is just a yeah thing you can't really explain. And therein lies just like the magic. One more little thing that adds up to these magical, you know, shows of, you know, of, you know, you don't really know what it is, but it's just greater than some of its parts. Yeah. And it's just mm -hmm. you know, it's just you just enter the room and it happens to everybody. And you're doing your part, whether you're in the crowd or you're on stage. Everybody's doing their little part, you know. Was the period of isolation a positive thing for you? Did you feel like you got to rest a little bit or did you miss being on the road and being uh, around people and excitement? I, I I think I like the, I think a bit of everything. I still don't know. I still think I'm just figuring it out now because it all kind of happened and I went into a state of shock and yeah. I, um, I did the sort of the first one I kind of dug because I was like, this is kind of fun and new, you know, because I broke the, you know, and then people started dying and it was, got kind of scared and, yeah. and then, um. I just, I was, just did a, I did the Dog City record because yeah. I just needed to do something every day. And, and then, um, and then the sort of the second half or year, I felt like I really kind of got lost and, yeah. um, it just, it was kind of just like a blurry, like a mush. And I felt really concise and clear in the first half. Like I felt like this is good. This is like, I can kind of, I'll work with this or something. And then it kind of mushed out and then I still feel kind of mushed out from it. And I think that's why now I'm like, mm. I don't want, I want to figure out what's happening right now in life. Cause I think there was a lot of fallout from that more than we know that the pandemic, like um, all these teeny little things again, adding up to some a really weird time we're in right now. And yeah, to, so. I feel like now feels mushy. The weirdest. Yeah. yeah because yeah. we, we well, all collectively went through this thing together, and of course it impacted us, but there isn't really much conversation about this part now. Yeah. So we got these daily updates about data and numbers, and people were kind of united almost in that fear. And now it's like we're all sent in our own different directions and trying to figure out what that looks like for us now. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of going back to something, mm -hmm. but that something isn't the same as it once was. No, the modern times are, are tough enough for our, our our ancient beings to figure out, our ancient minds to figure out as is, you know, putting a pandemic in. You know, we, yeah. we all were just like, well, that sucked and, you know, like on with it. But yeah. we it's everybody's got a really deep i think we were all really quite traumatized and scared yeah like the entire globe so you know of course it's going to be you know i think it's going to be the generation that didn't have to live through it are going to that's probably when things are going to get back to normal normal yeah. or whatever you know because that was that was really weird even thinking back you know we all don't talk about it much anymore and don't think about it it's kind of makes it even more surreal that it happened it's like out of yeah. a movie or something like we played a show last Friday at the Marquee 
And before then, I guess since the pandemic ended, I guess, air quotes, shows have felt, no shows felt completely normal. Like there's yeah. something, well, a lot of them were still, they were doing the vaccine check. Like some of them these had to have masks on. So, and even, yeah, five months ago, just there's a lot of hesitant people, people like, I don't want to go to a big crowd. Yeah. But we played a show last Friday and it felt like the pandemic never happened. Yeah. And it was the most amazing thing. And it was like the biggest crowd we ever had at the marquee. There were 600 people there and everyone That's was loving amazing. it. And I was like, this is, mm-hmm. this feels just like the world is back to normal. And I know it's not, but well, in that moment, it was just Shows perfect. are though, because it's like, those are safe spaces, yeah. right? You know, like I think real life is still kind of tough and, and the economy and things, but, but things like yeah. that where people can let loose are probably even better than they yeah. were, right? I think that's awesome. Nothing better than a packed marquee rock show, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. The best. a rock show yeah. is one of the rare environments where everyone's participating. Yeah, yeah. Like we're all singing the same words. Like you talked about presence and, you know, being in the now. Like mm-hmm. that, that almost forces you to do that. Yeah, yeah. In the best way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just snaps you into this moment of in- in- insanity and then you... You know, you're lying in bed with your ears ringing. It's like, did that really happen? You know, did that really happen? You know, yeah. it's like, wow, did that they ringing in my ears is the proof that it did. That's the only thing that's <laughs> right. And I guess photographs, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's a, uh, it really is an incredible experience. You know, any, any show like that, it's where people get together and just, I was thinking, it was just watching people, I like watching people clap, clap their hands or snap. I think humans are really funny. Like, when we think somebody does something cool, we hit our hands together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like we're so used to it. And yeah. I think it's yeah. really, we're like, we like snap along. Like we've figured out these things to do that is rhythmic with yeah. our body and we you know, move our hips back and forth or whatever when we're, you know, it's just, it's so primal and, and, you know, you could be at a, the most, you know, modern EDM show and people are still like, you know, like hitting their hands together. It's and probably they, tens of thousands of years old, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's, I don't instincts. know, the music is whatever, a lot more modern, but we're still just, you know, t- or tapping our toe. It's feeling it deep inside and it's like beyond words or experiment, I think, you know. Well, it's amazing what music can do and just seeing that from the stage or being in the audience and experiencing it. Like, yeah, I know it's, change my life in a million ways and it changes people's lives daily and knowing that i have the ability to do that at times like yeah. that feels like a big responsibility and what i'm honored to have so it's like i i want to make sure i take this as serious as i can yeah to honor that responsibility yeah i feel you with that one i feel like it, it forces you to be because it's so much bigger than all of us so the yeah. only thing you can be about it is is honest it's the only thing so you don't you, you don't you know you don't take advantage of it or you're not this or that or trying to own it it's just just being honest and because it's actually like more real it's more real magic than actual magic, you know, like no yeah. offense to any, I have some friends that are magicians <laughs> that are amazing, you know, but there's, yeah. there's sleight of hand and, and trickery and things, which is, it's, it's a real art, but music's just a theory and, you know, humans gave it a name, but it's just a theory and it's, we've organized a series of vibrations to harmonize well. And we made up the, the name harmonize. That's yeah. just, a, there's two notes that sound, two frequencies that sound good together. And we made up the word frequencies too. It's just this thing. And it actually makes us feel and slap our hands together. And 
That's the closest thing to magic kind of on earth, you know, yeah. other than same as a, a great painting. You don't know what makes you do some of this stuff that makes people feel so much. That's magic, right? That's why art is so important and, and special. And and it, it brings it back to honest and honesty and, and truth. And that's, that's, we're just, we're just keepers of this stuff. We're just, we just kind of try to learn it and harness it and just kind of push it out there to people. But it's so much bigger than all of us that, uh, it's uh, we're very lucky to be those who get to get it, it let us you know you know use it for a while for good you know it's pretty crazy i think that's why it's hard to describe in language mm -hmm. what the creative process looks like which is a common question asked to artists of course and yeah. an interesting one but it really is just such a primal instinct how do you put language around instincts? Yeah. Because that's really as simple as it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, It's a feeling. It's something that, like you described earlier, like breathing, and mm -hmm. it just happens. How do you describe breathing? Yeah, yeah. You can get into the yeah. science of it, but it's similar yeah. to that naturalness about it. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just, it's right there front and center in all of our lives, but it's also not at all and it's omnipresent and strange and ghostly it's i don't know do you get that same feeling when you're surfing or running or meditating like are yeah. you able to tap into the same yeah not, nothing quite like music because i spent more time finding it with music um but uh but yeah you know with exercise and and uh and and yeah running you get it's just, it's all it's all pretty med meditative and uh um, but not like music, just because I, it's, I've practiced music a lot more, you yeah. know, but um, certain breakthroughs kind of happen when you're doing that stuff and you're pushing your mind and body and your, your ox blood oxygen levels and all that stuff. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, but it never quite like music because if music is, is, can be just for you or, I mean, if you went on a run with a thousand people, it'd be pretty fun, but you all wouldn't be like together like yeah. in that like you were in a rock show or something mm -hmm. like that you know but uh but uh yeah no music is the most mysterious thing i'll ever be a part of for sure mm. yeah so the the second time we ever met was, <laughs> was in uh judic uh, judic on the floor, judic on the floor. Oh, yeah. oh my god that was for wild you. You played, and <laughs> then a, a brawl kick, started. <laughs> I remember when we kicked into uh, Cocaine Cowgirl. Yeah. I remember it was on a it was on a boxing ring. Was the stage was a boxing ring? <laughs> Naturally, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I remember I introduced the band like in this corner, weighing in at one hundred and forty pounds. <laughs> yeah. you know. uh, but I remember we yeah when we kicked into Cocaine Cowgirl, the place went bananas, and everybody started like it was like uh, cockroaches coming over a. <laughs> Coming over like a like a bathtub wall or something like a, it all was the just underage like, kids yeah, were climbing the fence. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh, yeah. They're like throwing like like old, old big eight bottles like over first full of like booze. <laughs> yeah, and then jumping over and like the security where there wasn't enough security and then the yeah. place was packed. People were moshing and yeah. fighting and it was awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was so great. It's Cape Breton. Yeah, that was that was wild. And I remember the third time you met. <laughs> I don't remember the, what the third one. I was remember getting about. out of there was like getting out of like Woodstock '99 or something. Yeah. Like, like T Roy pulled out like in the in the uh, tour van and just we just got in. Or like just, people were like banging on the. It was wild. Wow. It was so fun. Yeah, those wild Cape Bretoners. Yeah, yeah, so great. Is rock music alive and well? Uh, I don't think so. No, 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 no. I think it's dead as fried chicken. Um, but, uh, 
I don't know. I still like playing it, you know. I I like all sorts of music, but yeah, I don't think it's like top of the pops right now. Yeah. But I kind of, you know, I'm well aware of that, but I kind of like being and playing a kind of music that it's not cool anymore in a, in a kind of a way. It's a little more unique playing, and, you know, and my band's really, really good at it. And uh, it's just, uh, we're, we're really good at it, but because we've played it our whole lives. But, uh, but yeah, no, I don't think it's time for it. But I don't think, I think rock and roll is one of those genres that will, will always be around in some way. It'll just sort of ebb and flow like it always has. You know, you know, in the 80s, even Petty was doing weird synth music. Synth, yeah. like three, like super 80s y synth sort of echo, you know, verb drum records, you <laughs> yeah. know, and then he got, you know, and then, you know, it came out again on top in the 90s. The edge came back a bit with music. And I think that might happen again. I feel like the edge is still there, but I feel like uh, just different styles of music are. Yeah more popular i guess but but there's a dedicated group of people who still love rock music yeah yeah for sure totally and i I, uh yeah i mean it's such a different time right now that there's a there's a there's a dedicated fan base for kind of every genre now you know and it's no nobody's getting uh, guided on what to listen to which is really great but there's you know there's also something kind of sad about that too because you know like in the in the uh say the vietnam era whatever like music really brought uh the world together you know like you know those really great anti-war songs in motown and um you know just just everybody knew the songs because it was big business though too right it was you know like if born in the usa came out on spotify or whatever now or 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 like fortunate son or something yeah uh you know, it just it'd be Gonzo in a week or whatever. It's just just something about those the 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 business pushing this one song so the whole world can get or like a Rolling Stone or something, yeah. you know, um, or blowing in the wind or you know back then. There's nothing really like you're just quoting the Forrest Gump soundtrack. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, yeah, every song, uh, great soundtrack. <laughs> it's a great soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I kind of miss the connection. Like, you know, I think the only song the whole world gets to hear about is like, you know, WAP or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's like the worst thing for people to be hearing or kids to be hearing. You know, it's not bringing anybody together other than to laugh sort of at it. But, it, it, you know, it just it, music's bringing small circles of friends together with these songs and stuff, yeah. which is great. But I kind of miss that when somebody puts a record out and it's like, like, you know, like Nirvana, it's like, whoa, you know, or Radiohead put out a record or or it was like, you know, it was like a real day. Everybody slept out of record stores and the whole world was in it together on this one record or at least a lot of people. But right now it's just like all these, you know, people listen to it like that band and they probably won't see that band if they come to their town because they just like that one song and they're already on to the next band, you Mm -hmm. know? So, it's you, tough for younger bands now. I think. Does that just make you really focus on your current audience? Yeah. Yes. And no. I. 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 My current audience is so loyal. Like I've taken five years off and put out records, and then yeah. I go on tour, and they all come back out and bring a friend. Still, it's always yeah. great. And I think that's because we really work hard on our live show, and yeah. people want to come back to it because we really try to have fun. And uh, but I also am not afraid to experiment and do whatever I. F- 
feel at the time musically or whatever. Yeah. And I've had, if I, and I, I know that the core fans will, will follow me anywhere. And, and, uh, and I'm really appreciative of that. But, um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's a bit of both. I really want people to still be happy with the music I have, and I want them to want it to make them feel happy and safe. And but I also want to feel. I want to get out what I need to get out as well, and express yeah. how I want to express, kind of thing. So, I find what's really beautiful about your live show too is you can see the loyalty in your fans, but also you t- in the relationship to your bandmates. Mm-hmm. So yeah. people come and your whole band has that recognition and right, right. and you, you offer them that and you know, your fans are there for all of them as well. And that's right. rare. And we've actually talked about this on our podcast before using you as an example of someone who puts the spotlight on each and every other person there. Right. And it, it, it just adds such a strength to the show. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't purposely do that. I mean, I, I, I introduce them on purpose or whatever, but I don't, I, I just, I, we feel like a band and, and, uh, I just started as a solo artist, so I just keep the name kind of thing. And the guys don't don't care. I mean, Ryan just put out two killer songs. Adam's a killer songwriter. We all yeah. know that. And they just, you know, anybody who wants to start their own band, I think that's awesome. And because they're all such powerful musicians and songwriters and artists. And I want Damien on drum. I've been trying to get him to do a record for years. He's got my favorite voice out of all of them. But nobody oh, knows really? that he's, really? the, he's my favorite singer in the nice. whole. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, you give Jame, you give Dame a, a, a you know a couple shots of Jamie's and he'll yeah, he'll, he'll nice. sing you a tune sometime, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, they we're just a, such a, a family that we're just we're just kind of one at this point, and yeah. you know my guys, uh, they're okay with me being up front, and they just like playing and doing their own thing. So the, they sort of like, you know, you can take that and roll. I'm just yeah. gonna stand and play my guitar, you know, and. Uh, and they're all great show people in their yeah. own ways as well. So it's. Have you ever been dropped ca- crowd surfing? Oh, I've been a lot in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. I I do a lot of. I stand on those railings a lot. Yeah. And I usually find like the biggest dude in the front row. I haven't picked out before Spotting the show even Mike. starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be Mike. If, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I kind of ditched that rule. I, I, I used to go and then sometimes they would just, I have this, I, I'm standing up on the, the, the barricade thingy and uh, I'm just like, just like, hold on, you know, like grab their hand and like make sure, like hold on to me. And they're just like, like, I'm like, yeah. like, I'm like, trying to, I'm like, come on, like, come on. And they, and they won't. They won't. So I'm. I'm going for like smaller people now who have looked like they have more like, you know, like yeah. I got said, you, bud. I got yeah. you. And they're yeah. just like yeah. It's just like like iron. It's they just got like, the fire. It's like in a, them. I got a cane. You know. I just like, like <laughs> yeah. you know. They got the fire in them. So, but I've, a lot of those big dudes with floppy arms have drive sent me flying before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is. Uh, we're so honored that you're willing to come here, spend some time with us, and. You've offered us some amazing pieces of advice, anecdotes, everything we could imagine, Matt. So awesome! Thanks. And we're very, very proud of you for the steps you're taking there, man. And oh, that's going to inspire a lot of people. Yeah. Well, good. It's it's worth doing. Life's short, and uh, you know, just uh, you have, keep your clarity for the people you love because it's yeah. it's a fast trip and it's going quick. So you know, it's uh, it's it's not as hard as you think if you if you sort of have the right uh, family behind you, whether that's a room full of strangers going through the same thing or your immediate family, or your partner, it's all, it's yeah. all there. You just gotta, just gotta find it. It's a big step, but it's, yeah. as after you take the step, you realize how 
it was, seems like a big step to take. But when you look back at the step, it was just a, it was a little step. It's easy, yeah. you know, once you get the help. So it's, yeah. uh, it's a very doable. It'll, uh, it'll help a lot of people to hear you especially talk about this man. And I, I feel like we really got to know you and, right. and care about you. I just want everybody to be safe. I just worry about everybody, you know. I just want, I, there's a lot of lonely people in the night that don't have anybody and, well, because of being, you know, all, whatever happened uh, in, in all of our lives to to uh, to just to try to escape or whatever. And, and uh, you know, I don't want any more missing f- f- tour mates on the road. I don't want suicides because people are just down because of booze. I want everybody to be, feel safe and, and, uh, and and enjoy enjoy life because yeah. we all somehow made it to this weird ball in the galaxy and it's like it's too weird that we made it here to not try to yeah. enjoy and and uh and it's it's easier said than done i know but it's there is that keep that pilot light on because it's worth it's worth holding up for it because life changes all the time for the better so it's worth sticking it out and what advice would you give to a guy who's going to turn 40 on Christmas Eve in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> My advice is is to uh, play, uh, look, turn your gaze forward instead of back. Instead, you know, like you know those old dudes that get the old Camaro out and just play all the oldies and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that's really good. But I'm learning. I was doing that the last few years. I'm learning yeah. right now is to just like live in the now and how how recognize how awesome the now is. Is like yeah. you, your body gets creakier and and. Uh, just, just realize that it's beautiful. That it's still getting you around, and and uh, and it's like the now and the future, whatever. Because we can't get the past back, and yeah. and uh, just and just enjoy where we are and how lucky we are all are, you know, and, uh, what we've accomplished. And all the, the wisdom starts coming in at, at forty. I think yeah. some of that mm-hmm. that life wisdom that you don't have, and I'm really enjoying that yeah. talking to younger people and. You can only live, you only get that wisdom by living. So it's it's nice to sort of start handing it down and just enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. great advice. We've been fortunate to have some young people come into our life recently too and almost in a mentorship role or it feels yeah. that way. And yeah, feels good. You really me. realize how much you know. Yeah. Or you think you know at Isn't least. Isn't crazy? Yeah. It's like, you know, how, or you don't realize how little young people know because they were just, they were like 12, like five years ago. You know yeah. what I mean? They, how much could they know? You know, yeah. it's a beautiful thing to be able to, Pass valuable knowledge down, you know. Yeah, and things that you don't even think are valuable. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, just the, yeah. the simplest thing. And they're like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, it makes you value what older people say to you, too. Yeah. You start getting the wisdom yes. thing, you know, start heeding a lot of calls from the, the elderly. It's And the respect and realizing they're young people just dressed in old bodies. Yeah. You know? <laughs> anyway. Well, uh, what's your favorite kind of chips? Oh, buddy. That's tough, man. I, I I think right now the Miss Vicky's uh, ketchup, sweet sweet, oh. the hot hot sweet, sweet hot chili. Ketchup. Is there a sweet chili? No, not no, sweet not chi- the sweet chili. It's, it's ketchup. It's the, ke- the spicy ketchup. Spicy ketchup. Ooh. Yeah, it's pure. It's good. Yeah, Miss um, Vicky's are all good. My straight up chip would be, uh, I'd say like. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm kind of a hardest question of the podcast. <laughs> it is, yeah. I like like Lay's original, plain. Yes, I think that's kind of perfection yeah. in its way. You know, yeah. it's purest chip. I like sour cream and bacon for like the scummy gnarly chip. Yeah. You know, like, and if you want to burp it up three days later, it's mm-hmm. perfect. It's too. great mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, yeah, it's great for that. Yeah, great um, before a show, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about you guys? What's your chip? I'm roast chicken. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. yeah I can see that. Uh, but just barbecue. Barbecue. Yeah. Like of really yeah. any brand. And yeah. you just, you just if, go to the If barbecue. I had to choose one, that's yeah. where I'd go. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think salt and vinegar is my favorite, but it's not my, it's weird. It might, might be my desert island. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Where's your mouth down though? That's that, yeah, yeah. I would probably it's, some it's a bit dangerous. Yeah. You don't want to be eating chips on a desert. <laughs> salt vinegar chips and salt water. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough question. Yeah. I love all chips. Yeah. Wow, this was this was such a blast. I feel yeah. really just kind of filled and calm. And, yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those talks that we feel great driving away from, you know, it's yeah. nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we cover a lot of ground. It's really great. We should do this more often. Microphones yeah. on or off, yeah. whatever. Be nice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, let us know when you're back in the East Coast. Yeah, yeah. I um, We'll go up to Allen Heights and pick out our dream houses. Yes, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I'm only, my place is only the 10 minute drive away from the airport so i can be in nova scotia and oh, all these nice. all these gnarly night flights coming out of uh these cheap airlines uh yeah. it's mm. like 150 return sometimes so i That's can just amazing. it's so yeah. it's so great to get it back home all the time yeah. for cheap and just come and see my friends or surf or whatever it's good so let's uh let's do this again for sure definitely man yeah well we're excited to see your studio come to life the farm and every album you put out is just a, a treat to the world. Awesome. So, uh, thanks, yeah, thanks for being here, and let's, let's do it again for sure. Absolutely. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for listening, everyone. Another amazing chat. I'm just so excited about all of the guests that we have coming up in the next few weeks. We've got them scheduled in, so things are continuing to roll on every Wednesday, and of course the. Uh, Cape Breton radio station is airing CBFM CBFM is airing us every Saturday so special shout out to them and I want to ask Mike if you have any uh, resolutions this year or if you're into that kind of thing or if there's any goals that you want to talk about well I think every year I, um, I try to put out a lot of creative projects and I want to just really Put out what I want to put out, and not that I, I don't do that, but just really want to focus on the project and making the best thing I can possibly do, and do it for myself rather than to do something to try to sell records or. And again, I'm not uh, someone who caters to exact to my audience. I'm like, oh, I'm only doing this for my audience, but I want to just think off myself and what I like make all the decisions like I'm creating this song because I I like this is what I want to create I love that and it's something that you and Matt really shared and I observed that in both of you just your passion for music and conviction for everything that you've done It, it really inspired me because as a new entrepreneur the ups and downs are tricky to adapt to especially the downs and I've had some points where it's like, I don't know if this is going to work. And just hearing the both of you talk about it, it's not really a choice. This is just... You got to keep going. You got to keep going. And I feel fired up about this. Yeah, you've got a lot of irons in the fire. I do. Wait for the explosion, folks. It's coming. I'm geared. I'm geared up this year. Mike and Chris and the podcast is going to just soar like an eagle. Like a rocket. <laughs> eagle. Rocket. Eagle, rocket, rocket eagle, rocket eagle, an eagle with rocket launchers. Man, that would be fast. Holy, 
And Christian Harrington Arts got a lot of new things you're going to be putting out. I have started doing some house portraits, yeah. which a, a few people have told me they look like a Maude Lewis style, which I love. It's so fun. And I got this new sculpture paint, and I'm going to play around with that. Yeah. I'm going to get good at it. I'm going to put it out there, and I've got some coursework coming up. So yeah. stay tuned. This isn't going to all happen at once, but I've got a lot of ideas, a lot of support. I've loved hearing just from all of you, both with the podcast and our other creative projects. It keeps us going. It, yeah. it just means so much, even a kind word. So thanks to everyone for continuing to show up for us, spread the word, leaving the reviews. It all matters. I've got a lot of music stuff already happening right now. I've been demoing stuff for the last uh, couple months and going to be tracking a new album in a couple weeks so exciting yeah yeah so yeah this is we're hoping this is going to be a big year and we're excited about everything to come it's all going to soar like a rocket eagle rocket eagle rocket eagle man <laughs> okay folks happy new year yeah, happy new year buds see you and next week we'll we'll be back with lots more cheers <laughs>